today's reading is taken from the book of Exodus, chapter 13, starting at verse 17, and then it's continuing into chapter 14 as well. Crossing the sea. When Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them on the road through the Philistine country, though that was shorter. For God said, if they face war, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. So God led the people around by the desert road towards the Red Sea. The Israelites went up out of Egypt armed for battle. Moses took the bones of Joseph with him because Joseph had made the sons of Israel swear an oath. He had said, God will surely come to your aid and then you must carry my bones up with you from this place. After leaving Succoth, they camped at Etham on the edge of the desert. By day, the Lord went ahead of them in a pillar of cloud to guide them on their way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light, so they could travel by day or night. Neither the pillar of cloud by day nor the pillar of fire by night left its place in front of the people. Then the Lord said to Moses, Tell the Israelites to turn back and camp near Pi-Hahiroth, between Migdol and the sea. They are to camp by the sea, directly opposite Baal-Zephon. Pharaoh will think, the Israelites are wandering around the land in confusion, hemmed in by the desert, and I will harden Pharaoh's heart, and he will pursue them. But I will gain glory for myself through Pharaoh and all his army, and the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord. So the Israelites did this. When the king of Egypt was told that the people had fled, Pharaoh and his officials changed their minds about them and said, What have we done? We've let the Israelites go and have lost their services. So he had his chariot made ready and took his army with him. He took 600 of the best chariots, along with all the other chariots of Egypt, with officers over all of them. The Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, so that he pursued the Israelites, who were marching out boldly. The Egyptians, all Pharaoh's horses and chariots, horsemen and troops, pursued the Israelites and overtook them as they camped by the sea near Pi-Hahiroth, opposite Baal-Zephon. As Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up, and there were the Egyptians marching after them. They were terrified and cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, Was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us to the desert to die? What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Didn't we say to you in Egypt, Leave us alone, let us serve the Egyptians? It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. Moses answered the people, Do not be afraid. Stand firm, and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. Then the Lord said to Moses, Why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. Raise your staff and stretch your hand over the sea to divide the water so that the Israelites can go through the sea on dry ground. I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians so that they will go in after them. And I will gain glory through Pharaoh and all his army. 
through his chariots and his horsemen. The Egyptians will know that I am the Lord when I gain glory through Pharaoh, his chariots and his horsemen. Then the angel of God, who had been traveling in front of Israel's army, withdrew and went behind them. The pillar of cloud also moved from in front and stood behind them, coming between the armies of Egypt and Israel. Throughout the night, the cloud brought darkness to the one side and light to the other, so neither went near the other all night long. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and all that night the Lord drove the sea back with a strong east wind and turned it into dry land. The waters were divided, and the Israelites went through the sea on dry ground, with a wall of water on their right and on their left. The Egyptians pursued them, and all Pharaoh's horses and chariots and horsemen followed them into the sea. During the last watch of the night, the Lord looked down from the pillar of fire and cloud at the Egyptian army and threw it into confusion. He made the wheels of their chariots come off, so they had difficulty driving. And the Egyptians said, Let's get away from the Israelites. The Lord is fighting for them against Egypt. Then the Lord said to Moses, Stretch out your hand over the sea, so that the waters may flow back over the Egyptians and their chariots and horsemen. Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and at daybreak the sea went back to its place. The Egyptians were fleeing towards it, and the Lord swept them into the sea. The water flowed back and covered the chariots and horsemen, the entire army of Pharaoh that had followed the Israelites into the sea. Not one of them survived. But the Israelites went through the sea on dry ground, with a wall of water on their right and on their left. That day, the Lord saved Israel from the hands of of the Egyptians, and Israel saw the Egyptians lying dead on the shore. And when the Israelites saw the great power that the Lord displayed against the Egyptians, the people feared the Lord and put their trust in him and in Moses, his servant. This is the word of the Lord. Uh, Now, on Friday, I did one of the things that I love doing, uh, which was riding a horse. When I was a child, I learned to ride a horse, and I've been riding ever since, and it's lovely. And I've ridden lots of different horses over the years. I've fallen off a few of them, uh, but I've had the privilege of riding lots of different horses. Notice if you go horse riding, there are two basic types of horse. Okay, you've got the ones that don't go. You get on them, you have to kick them, use a whip, try to persuade them, and they're just so reluctant to move and get going. And the others that don't stop. Uh, you get on them, and they're off like a rocket, uh, and they just want to go and trot and canter and gallop, and, and you can't stop them. You have to try to hold them back all the time. The two side horses, the ones who are full of energy, and the ones that just don't seem to have it at all. And as a vicar... Sometimes when we prepare talks for you, it's a bit like that. Sometimes we look at the passage and we think, this is really hard. I don't know where to go. It doesn't start. It doesn't grab me. It doesn't go somewhere. It's really hard. And others, like today's passage, are ones 
I don't want to stop. This is such an exciting passage, uh, this passage from Exodus, particularly one verse that's been speaking to me for the past two or three weeks. It's been on my mind going over, and I've been really looking forward to coming today to share with you. It's one of those. So hold tight. I know I haven't got long because we've done a lot already in the service, so I'm going to have to speak fast and get through this. But it's so exciting, this passage from Exodus. It was a very long reading, so thank you to Jill, I think it was, who read for us earlier. The key verse, Exodus 14 verse 15 our message for today the Lord said to Moses why are you crying out to me tell the Israelites to move on and I really felt as I prayed about it this is the message that God was saying to me tell the people of St Michael's to move on keep going we're called to journey with God so if you don't remember anything else just think about that time to move on have that in your mind, even if you forget everything else I'm going to say. So where were, are we in the story? The Israelites, as you know, had become slaves to the Egyptians. God had promised that he would rescue them, raised up Moses to do so. They'd have the series of plagues. And finally, Pharaoh, the Egyptian leader, said that they could go. And so they set off. should be a happy ending to the story, but it isn't all plain sailing, is it? Uh, they were called to leave their past behind. As slaves, go with Moses to freedom. It's like a living parable of becoming a Christian, being set free, not looking back, but going on as free people. Galatians 5 verse 1, it was for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then. Do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery we are set free set free and we celebrate that today maybe you're here you haven't made that step of faith yet coming to Christ you can do so today be set free from the hold that sin has over you all the bad stuff we can repent turn to God and begin that new life because of what Jesus did on the cross for us if you want help stepping into faith, making those first steps on your faith journey, then our ministry team and the side chapel at the service would love to pray for you. We've been set free. We can see so much of ourselves in this journey of the Israelites here. They left the plagues behind, left their slavery behind, went off to freedom. We've been through the COVID plague. We've been through difficulties and struggles, as Kai has referred to. But God... Is calling us to move on. Will you come? It's not going to be easy. Uh, in my notes for today, I call this talk Moving On Without Being Flawed, Bored, or Ward. In uh, baptism liturgy, we encourage candidates to pray against the world, the flesh, and the devil. Three things that can hinder our Christian journey, three things that can often stop us going on with God as individuals and as a church. Three things that hindered the Israelites here. In their journey from Egypt to the promised land, they faced being completely flawed when Satan made them doubt. Being faced, being bored, stuck in the wilderness, wandering around, and their human nature took over. And being warred when the world around them waged war against them and caused great opposition. So firstly, without being flawed. Here, the Israelites, they were really up against it. They'd escaped from Egypt. It was great. It's going well. God's calling them on. They were following him. 
And then suddenly it all went wrong. In front of them was the sea. They couldn't pass through. A load of water in front of them. Looking over their shoulders, now they see the Israelites have changed their mind and their armies are pursuing them. They can't go forwards. They can't go backwards. They're trapped. Completely flawed. Not sure what to do. Obstacles. There's no way out. And they panic. Verse 11. They said to Moses, Was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us out here to die? What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Didn't we say to you in Egypt, Leave us alone. Let's serve the Egyptians. It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. They were panicking. We've heard as a church, it's not going to be easy this next year. We're going to encounter obstacles. We've heard about the finances, the building, changes going on within and without the church. But God can and will see us through. He is our rescuer. Verse 14, the Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. The Lord will fight for us. We can place our trust in him. When we feel we're completely flawed, when we're completely stuck, when there are problems that we can't see a way through, don't despair. God is with us. It's time to move on. It's interesting. When it was impossible, they had the the Egyptians behind them. They had this impenetrable load of water in front of them. That was when God said to Moses, tell the people to move on. What would they make of that? Where to? We can't go. We can't go forwards. We can't go backwards. We're stuck. When it's impossible, God makes a way. That's the God that we serve. That's the God that we believe in here in this church. He makes the way. When we're flawed, we completely flawed, we turn to God. But then you know how the story goes on. The journey wasn't all plain sailing after that. That miraculous crossing of the Red Sea. They went on and spent years in the wilderness. God did some stuff, but their daily life, well, it was a bit boring. They were bored. They got tempted to do stuff that they shouldn't have done, and we know all the stuff that they got up to there. God miraculously provided for them. They had food coming down from heaven, manna from heaven, and what did they do? They complained, said it wasn't as good as the stuff we had back in Egypt. Aren't we just like them? We come to church and say, no, same songs again. Uh, Same things again. What's going on here? It was better in the olden days, you know, when we had other vicars and other, other staff and we, st- we worshipped in a different style or we had different songs or we look back, don't we? And, we? and that's natural. This is what they did, exactly the same. It was better in Egypt, they said. They were slaves then. Life was awful. They conveniently forgot that bit and they complained about God's provision for them. They got bored. It's good, isn't it, to remind ourselves of all that God has been doing amongst us like we've just been doing give thanks for all that's happened but as we look back we look forward God calls us on don't be flawed don't be bored don't be bored it wasn't quite out of the frying pan into the fire but they escaped miraculously from the Egyptians to go through the Red Sea life easy? no other people start attacking them. Just a few chapters down, if you flick on in your Bibles, and things you hear about the mighty Amalekites coming to attack them. And yet again, here were the people of God under pressure from being attacked. Christians, the world can be a tough place for us. We can be attacked, fearful of being attacked. 
In many countries, Christians are persecuted because of their faith. They live in fear. They suffer persecution. In our country, it's becoming harder and harder to be a Christian, harder to preach the gospel, to proclaim freely what we believe. But we move on. We're called to move on. Tell the people, move on. Keep going. I'm calling you on this journey. God is all-powerful. He dealt with the Amalekites. He dealt with the Egyptians. Whatever it is we're facing, God can deal with it. So move on. So as we look ahead, three important priorities as we journey as a church for next year. A pledge for us. Simply this, easy to remember. Be with him, be with us, be with them. In our strapline, faith, family, and fun. Be with us, be with him, be with them. So we start, be with him. Who? God. Our faith is critical to all that we do here. All of our things that we do as a church, it's all about him. Israelites here, they were trapped. They didn't know where to go. They turned to God. They turned to prayer. They turned to the God to rescue them. It wasn't a management strategy or even, I'm sorry, Andrew, a finance plan. Not even a mission action plan committee that sorted out the problem here for uh, the Israelites when they were trapped. It was God divinely stepping in to rescue his people. And we as a church, we look to God to direct us, to show us the way forward and to rescue us when we can't see the way ahead. God is at work. He's at work amongst us here. God is at work in our country, in Wales. You know what it's like in the summer when it's a beautiful sunny day and you go out and a cloud comes across and you get just those few drops of rain. And summer rain is really big drops, isn't it? And you can never quite tell what it's going to do. Sometimes in the summer you just get a few spots, big spots of rain, and then it goes dry again. And nothing happens. Other times, those first few spots are signs that there's going to be a downpour, a big thunderstorm, whatever, and you need to take cover. At the moment, I think, in Wales, we see those first few spots of that big rain. And we need to pray that it turns into a torrent of God's outpouring of his spirit and isn't just a few spots that dry up again, but that we really see that. And that calls for us to be people of prayer, people turning to God to ask him to continue to pour out his spirit on us here in Aberystwyth and on the people of Wales. It's lovely for me to be here today because I'm really fired up and excited. I spent the last week at Thanu, which is a Welsh language conference. 300 Welsh-speaking Christians all got together in Thangranog. Uh, it was a fantastic week of celebration. Uh, we heard stories from across Wales of what God is doing, which really uh, raises your spirits and encourages you. Stories of people coming to faith, communities being reached, God at work in Wales. We heard uh, this week of one church that began with two people going, being called by God, going to a, a town, a tiny town in North Wales, to plant a church and start it. Just two of them going there to live in the community, to start a church and begin things. That began, they went up on Easter Sunday for their first service last year. On Easter Sunday this year, they had an event for their town, which brought in 350 people coming here, coming there to hear 
God's word being preached, to take part in a celebration of worship, to celebrate the resurrection. They have a youth group of over 50 young people who come every week. Many of them already become Christians. Fantastic. In one year, God is at work. Let's pray. Let's pray for God's work here in Wales. It was a, an interesting week to, to be challenged to, to really pray for all that God is doing across our country. Uh, one of the evening sessions we had this week, the, the preacher talked about us having a burden to pray for the people of Wales and to really take seriously to pray. It was a good message, but it wasn't remarkable. I can't remember, Mitch, the points that the preacher made. The worship group came up at the, at the end. They sang a closing song. Uh, the people went off to make the tea and coffee at the end of the meeting, and we got ready to finish. But before the service leader could get out of the congregation and walk to the front, somebody started praying from the congregation just calling on God to act within Wales and send another revival. And then somebody else started praying, and then somebody else, and then people started singing hymns, and then more people started praying. People were crying, people were on their knees. Uh, An hour later, we were still there. The tea and coffee had gone cold, but our hearts were on fire for all that God is doing and looking to him to do more. Let's pray. Let's turn to him faith be with him secondly be with us our second thing is family we're a family here that calls for us to play our part in all that happens here in st michael's church kai's already touched on that we need so many people to make things happen in this place when we're we're a family together we rely on everybody doing their bit and the first thing is just to be here to be here with us for worship In my first job as a teacher, I was employed as a key stage two teacher, um, but I wasn't told in the interview what class I was going to be teaching the next year. And I only found out later that after I was appointed to be a key stage two in the school, all of the other teachers chose their classes, the ones they wanted, and me as the new boy got the one that they didn't want. Uh, So you can imagine what sort of challenging class uh, this was. It was quite a tough class. Um, they'd separated the year six classes into those that could and wanted to and those that either couldn't or didn't want to uh, take part in what was going on in there. So it's a challenging, a very challenging uh, class. And one of the things I did for my, my class there, I had a slogan for them every month. And we had things like, a sluggard does not plough in season, so at harvest time he looks and finds nothing from the book of Proverbs to encourage them to get on with their work now. But the most effective, the one that made the biggest impact on that school was the simple slogan that just said, we are here. And that was our slogan for the month, we're here. This this class had a problem with children not coming to school. Uh, Attendance was very poor. We had one of the worst records in in the school of attendance. And we had this, we are here. It's important, we said as a class, that we are here. We, we, We support one another. We are a family here in the school. And it's important that we're here. And... From that, things changed overnight. Attendance shot up. I had parents come in to complain and say, oh, I'm afraid John isn't very well, but he insisted that he had to come to school today. He didn't want to miss out on anything because he knows it's really important that he is here in school. So I brought him in. Fantastic change. One of the things we face as churches across Wales is a decline in attendance at church after COVID. We shut our doors for a while and it was hard. And people got out of the habit of coming to church. And where people came to church before COVID, twice on a Sunday, they're coming once or twice a month now. Uh, 
it's important that we're here. You don't know what you might miss. It's important as a family that we're committed to one another, to looking after one another, to supporting one another. I love the story we've been hearing, haven't we, recently, in the resurrection stories of the Thomas, um, a doubting Thomas, we call him, but he's not really, um, when the disciples are all together and he's not there. And they tell him that they've seen the resurrected Jesus and they get all excited. And Thomas goes, nope, don't believe it. Yes, I can be there. I want to put my hands on his side. And yes, I, there, I, I don't believe it. So he says he doesn't believe it. The disciples meet together a week later. Thomas is there. Because he doesn't want to miss out. He makes a point of being there. And of course, he meets Jesus. So come, be here, be with us. Come, play your part. We need you here to be here, to take part in worship, to meet with Jesus and to serve in the many of the ministries that we've got here. Contribute and play your part. We're called to be with him, our faith, to be with us, family. We're called to be with them. Fun. It's moving on. It's not just about being here. It's about the world that God wants us to live in the community around. We are called to be witnesses to the resurrection. We are called to be witnesses of hope to a world that has no hope. We are called to live out our faith in the community around. To spread that joy that we have as Christians with the world around. We are called to be with them. Those that have no hope. I've talked about this Llano conference. It's very memorable, full of stories and challenges, lots of personal stuff that happened. Do you know, but the most important thing was the bit in the conference, when you go on these conferences, that everybody hates. And that was the bit that spoke to me more. At the end of the week, last night there, they said this. Just a note for all of those who are staying here, you must have vacated your room and handed in your keys by 9 o'clock tomorrow morning. And there's a big sigh. Conference is coming to the end we've got to hand our keys in that little room where we've been staying it's no longer our room anymore someone else is going to be moving in because it was a sign to us we don't live there that's not how it's meant to be permanently yes it was great to go there be filled and be excited by all that God is doing but we were called to be sent out to hand in your keys to go out into the world and live our faith in the community making a difference to the community in which we live. That really spoke to me. We're called to go out and live our faith in the world, to make a difference, to share the news of the gospel of Christ. On the Sunday we come here, we're all excited by what God is doing, and we go out as renewed people each week to live in the joy, that fun and excitement that God brings to us. As many of you know, I came here as a university student um, and I got very excited by all that was happening in St. Michael's Church and I would find this, this was really thrilling. And one of the things I did as a university student, I renamed Monday uh, because I felt the glow of being here on a Sunday was so exciting that on a Monday I was still living in the joy of all that had happened here on a Sunday. So I renamed Monday as Sunday Boxing Day because... It, it, was, it was the day after Sunday. It wasn't just any old day. It was the day after Sunday, the day when I could be here worshipping God with all my heart, taking part in all that was happening here. And that excitement sent me out into the week. So church, we are called to move on. 
Tell the people to move on. We're journeying with God in the power of God, looking to him to provide and direct our paths, looking to be committed to each other in this family, playing our part and going out into the world to share the good news of freedom in Christ with a world that needs to hear. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just give you thanks for our church community here. We thank you for this family that are so precious to us. We pray that you will help us to play our part. Help us as a church to look to you. When we meet things that seem insurmountable, when, when we see problems, when there are difficulties, when we don't know where to turn, Lord, we pray that we will turn to you. And we thank you that you will rescue us. We thank you that you are a rescuer, that you come to our aid time and time again. And thank you that we can put our complete trust and faith in you. So today we pray, lead us on, lead us forward in your way. In the name of Jesus, amen.